Hey, Philip. Hey, Hugo. How are you? I'm doing good, and you? Doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Long time no see. I'm glad to have you on. Where are you uh, situated today? At home. Everything is at home now. <laughs> and you? I actually had a power outage at my house today. Uh, go figure. It was <laughs> power outage. Uh, <laughs> fixing something on our building. So I actually came into the office. So this huge office space just for me today. <laughs> All right. So how are you doing? How, how are you doing? How's quarantine for yourself? It's, uh, it's quite interesting. I think every business has been impacted in one way or another with, uh, with COVID. Um, so for us, uh, the, the immediate thing was how do we make sure that our employees are safe and make sure that our users continue to have access to uh, their money and make sure the operations are good. Now, the good thing is we're a tech startup, right? So we're a digital first company. Um, everyone was set up to work from home from day one. Uh, there are minor tweaks. Okay to do but pretty much at the flick of a switch our operations went from completely in the office completely virtual uh, without any interruptions to the business so that was um, the first and most important thing we wanted to do is protect the health and safety of our employees and also make sure that yeah. they still had access to the great service that they had uh, become, got to know and, and love so so that was pretty awesome the next thing we had to do was figure out what impact did it have on the business and um, I yeah. think on every single business um, and then when that comes back to me personally how am I doing as an entrepreneur well I think my be my best work is done when my back's up against the wall right so I'm loving it we've yeah. been uh, iterating uh, talking to our customers finding out the the next things that we should be doing um, responding quickly uh, so things that we've already done things that we will be doing soon um, to help uh, people who are going through uh, this tough economic uh, time so really excited to yeah. see that uh, has netted out so how many employees do you have right now we're a total of 50 uh in three different offices in uh, montreal and then two offices over in europe um one of the interesting things is we were pretty much a very heavy uh, work in the office, you know, obviously people worked remote, but uh, most of our stuff was done in the office. Um, and one of the things that we found was it was a really interesting transition when you went from 100% in the office to 100% remote, um, yeah. meetings were more were able to communicate and connect together. We, we find that the hybrid where you have three people in the room and two people on, a, on the TV is really difficult to be able to do. Um, so we're, we're trying to find a way to bridge that hybrid. So when we open up the office again, um, how do we continue to encourage a, a strong work uh, structure without having the communication breakdowns we may have seen uh, pre-COVID? Some of those things include adding more phone booths in the in, in the system, um, adding better uh, teleconferencing. I think we saw Dan Rue okay. uh, focuses yeah. just on that. If you're looking for great teleconferencing uh, solutions, he's your guy. Um, so there's there's lots of, of great things we're looking to do to kind of bridge that gap, have productive reintegration to society. Um, for us, I think we will all make sure that uh, we do it in a timely fashion, right? We're not going to rush to come back to the office. We're just going to... Exactly. Um, Take it, uh, take it as we need. So I guess you, you, you guys didn't lay off anyone. So all the employees are still there working at home. That's, yep, that's great. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were really fortunate. Um, our user base uh, stuck with us through, throughout this whole period. Um, our growth obviously took a, a bit of a hit, but uh, uh, we've been able to deliver on our value prop to our users. And um, it was really important to me to be able to do whatever we could to be able to Keep our team intact and be able to do so. I think we have the team to be able to help us get to the next level, and uh, I was really excited to uh, to be able to fight for them and, and make sure we did the right thing.
That's great. So let's talk about the users of the app, Milo. So because it's a lot in financial technology, financial habits, how do you see the financial habits of people right now? Are they changing? They, are they consuming more? Are they going to the, well, like some people can go to the store, but some no. How do you see that? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think two general uh, groups of, of people that are, are reacting in different ways. Um, and, and I hate to, to bucket them in, in such a way, but I'll, I'll kind of shift my lens on, on how I'm, I'm looking at it uh, for you guys. So the first group is um, people who shift work remote, uh, were able to operating, doing their jobs, everything continued to, to work well. So they still have the same income stream coming in. They still have some job security. Things are, are going well. They probably reduce their expenditures have an ability to to save and invest more right so you're seeing um, a, a group of first-time investors want to participate in the market upswing that will happen um, you, you, you see that uh, people want to uh, put more money aside and they're, they're honing their saving habits and I think that's great and the core Milo platform helps them that uh, with that directly then you have another group that we've been having more difficult uh, economic time um, they've either lost their job they've gone through uh, uh, they've incurred associated with it, either buying personal protection equipment, uh, medical bills, things that they've had to go through. Uh, normal life has changed. They've had to find different ways of, of managing sitters and, and whatnot, but it's had an impact on them economically, and they're trying to find ways to um, build more financial stability. So um, yes. this group of people, I think we're, we're seeing a large um, focus on managing cash flow, um, identifying excess spends, managing subscriptions in, in a better way, um, and just overall getting grasp, right? So how do you get access to serve? How do you get access to making the right financial decisions and plans? Um, so one of the products that we launched in, in beta uh, not too long ago was Milo Advisor. It's text message financial advice that you could text. Yeah. ask a certified financial planner how much house can I afford where should I apply for Canadian benefits should I buy versus lease a car um, okay. work right and really kind of making sure you get your financial ducks in order um, and and the flat subscription fee all you can consume ten dollars a month it's a, it's a very very accessible product for the everyday person and they can immediately make sure the right financial decisions having kind of that 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 coach or that hero behind your back and, and helping you move that forward so we're, we're really excited about that type of product and, and expanding that we've done more uh, milo uh, magazine um through the roundup okay. about guides on how to manage canadian benefits, which has been really successful as well and uh where we have another suite of products that we're really excited to launch um coming up next month great because you guys are adapting to the new uh, financial what's going on because you say that people can apply to the government help and everything through the app so which is good so you're trying to always adapt to what's going on to the situation with the people so essentially there's there's best practice that everyone best practice. finances regardless of the situation if you're in a recession or not you should be making sure that you're keeping your auto insurance as as low as you can but with the right coverage right auto insurance yeah. the commodity and, and, and people um, should be finding the right the right product for them but also making sure that they're they're shopping on price for for that same thing with mortgages same thing with managing their subscriptions sometimes these subscriptions start to add up on you and you don't realize how much you're consuming on a regular basis so um, I think for for that perspective it, it's important to be doing these best practices regardless of the time it's even more important if you're going through financial hardship right so 
yes. a set of products that will help address those types of challenges and then be able to, it's something that everyone can benefit from regardless of the situation you're in. So that's the way that we're kind of approaching this is really what are the best things you should be doing right now and what are the best things you should continue to be doing over, over a long period of time. And I know you and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, yeah. Skills have come from the fact that I bootstrapped my first two businesses, right? I moved to Canada. Um, I went from being a broke student to a bootstrapped owner, and I learned a lot of those best practices just by wanting to live the same quality of life as my peer group had at a fraction of the price. So I was able to go through, do that, and, and manage that. And now we're finding a way to put a product kind of uh, wrapper around uh, those best practices. So, yeah. So do you think because people buying online more and more that they can't they don't see how much they spend because when you go buy something online you just do two clicks and that's it so you don't know how much money you still have in the bank account do you think that's good because most people are going to start building that habit buying online but they don't see the money that that goes in and that i think uh, originally there was a uh, a large part there that was had to do with um cash right you you knew yeah exactly spending it you were doing that i think the shift from cash to credit card kind of accomplished what you were talking about right more of a uh, blinders on your bank balance might be or how you're, you're managing that so i don't think the transition from uh, retail to online uh, really made a shift because people were already kind of in the blinder mentality in terms of their credit card balances and how much do i owe and how do i manage that in a more uh, sophisticated way so i think it's actually coming full circle to that kind of uh, awareness that you originally had with uh, with cash will be presented through fintechs right you'll have that digital awareness those nudges through those different applications and uh, i'm really looking forward to a future where where data can be able to inform those types of decisions and help you in that sense yes so talking about uh, cash do you think that we are going towards the cashless society is this the beginning towards that uh, depends on which market you're talking about right <laughs> yeah. so after, okay. mexico is still very much a very very cash uh, heavy uh, society um, you, you see in Africa, they, they are using alternate currencies, right, through mobile uh, money movement and uh, kind of skipping the entire banking infrastructure. So um, I don't know that this is going to be the catalyst that, that gets us there. Um, but I do think that uh, overall, there's a trend moving to a cashless society, and, and, and it's an interesting way to, to look at that. So definitely something that will happen, but I'm not sure if it's going to be uh, um, necessarily a result of uh, right now. Okay, good. So let's talk a little bit about tech because you're in financial technology, except for the five big companies, Amazon, like the fam, like Facebook and everything that's making a lot of money right now. What about the other tech startups? What, what's happening with them? Are they having problems raising money? Are they having problems getting, uh, getting customers? Yeah, so I, I think it's quite interesting. There's actually been quite a few large funding rounds have happened since uh, March. Okay. There's um, definitely still traction in the marketplace. Um, I can tell you from the funds that I've talked to, primarily U.S. and, and, and European, um, about 50% of the funds have, have either shut down or, or pulled back and they're kind of reassessing their strategy, where the other 50% of the funds are, are looking for new opportunity. Uh, they, they find this as um, an option to get in when kind of valuations may be normalized bit more from the the stretch that they're at before so uh it's definitely some vcs are still open for business and and, and making those investments i think the the primary shift you're going to see for for businesses uh, there's two the first one is um a, a shift from growth at all costs to businesses that have strong business fundamentals canadian businesses yes. have always been primarily cash starved uh, they don't raise 
larger rounds. They don't hire as aggressively. They don't um, set as aggressive targets as, as some of the U.S. counterparts. Um, but U.S. counterparts were, were growing artificially through uh, large capital injections. In the Canadian market, you're seeing um, more and more value-based, driven-based, uh, focus on uh, unit economics, focus on a path to profitability. So you're seeing a lot of these strong built Canadian companies that will do really well in the U.S. market. And you're going to see okay. companies that are doing the same, the ones that have focused on strong business fundamentals. Those are the guys that will be raising and those are the guys that will be getting additional multiples on, on their fundraisers. So uh, a shift away from growth at all costs to a shift towards uh, towards this. The second one is just how resilient are companies uh, coming out of Right. Um, we're going through uh, new economic trends. A lot of the young entrepreneurs like myself maybe not have gone through this type of uh, recession hit before. Um, seeing how companies have adapt and pivot associated with it, become more capital efficient, uh, continue to maintain good communication and relationships with the customers will be extremely important as well. So the okay. during this time are going to be the companies that will be able to, to, to raise for all. So um, I think those are the two main trends to look out for. Yeah. Well, one last thing about that, you see the big, the five big techs starting to buy startups because I see some news that Facebook just bought like a, a, another company and you're seeing that they still have money in the bank. So I think they, they're trying to see which startups to buy because most of them are struggling. I think this is going to be happening in the next couple of months and years. So it's interesting that, that you bring that up. I'm not going to be able to answer specifically for the big tech giants because a lot of these big tech giants have more cash, more capital than some GDPs of entire countries, right? Like they're, they're yeah. cash rich. Um, at the end of the day, it's difficult to be able to, to say, has their acquisition strategy changed? Because these are guys who've either paid multiples to be able like, uh, to bring in something strategic, they've done acu-hires, they've done a lot of acquisitions in the past. So I don't see them slowing down at all, but I can't tell you if they're going to be picking up um, at all. But I can say that uh, the difficulties that companies face. I told you the resilient companies are going to be the ones that are going to make it through, be able to, to set a really strong foundation for their next kind of uh, evolution that they're going to be going through as a, as a company. The companies that don't make that, I, I do think there will be acquisition opportunity there. So you'll be either yeah. acquiring teams, acquiring IP, um, maybe even acquiring revenue and customers through that. So uh, definitely acquisition opportunities available and more available to kind of the mid-tier groups rather than just the top tier high tech uh, groups as well. So definitely acquisitions in, 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 in the cards for, for people, but um, people who may not have otherwise sold previously would be interested in selling now. So uh, definitely exactly. there. Exactly. So before we finish the live, because you talk at the beginning that Milo was set up from day one to, uh, to, to make your employees working at home. It's just something that you're gonna, that it's gonna continue because I saw Facebook, Twitter that uh, like 59 of the employees, they're gonna stay at home like forever working at home. Is that something that, um, that you're gonna do at Milo? Yeah. That most mm -hmm. Question we're getting a lot from, from the team. And uh, honestly, it's, it's not something we've made up our mind yet with. Um, we, we know that we have to be set up to be better um, set up for hybrid work. Uh, so when people are working remotely, you can still run and have effective communication, effective meetings um, with half the team here, half the team remote. Um, as you start to scale in multiple countries with multiple offices, that's something that's extremely important too, is to make sure you have strong digital communications around. So I think for Milo specifically, uh, there's an emphasis needed to be able to make sure 
of strong digital communications that are being placed uh, around the world and they're yes. of, of doing that maintaining culture running effective meetings um, and, and managing those aspects um, I think that we'll still have real estate we're not giving up our real estate completely but I think yeah expectations have uh, been cut uh, drastically so we're, we're not expecting to grow the office as aggressively as we once were and um, and, and now it's just how do we make the best of our existing space or maybe grow the space a little bit but how do we make use of better use of existing square footage rather than having as much square footage for every single kind of uh, employee so kind of think of it as dedicated desk versus flex desk and how do you manage that exactly well i'm excited to see the 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 growth model just keep keep growing so i see it from day one when i saw you in 2015 so <laughs> you're doing great so amazing congrats Philip. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate also to other people that watch the live. So thank you so much, Philip. Appreciate your time. Anytime. Uh, feel free to reach out and I hope everyone's doing well uh, and staying uh, healthy at home. Um, if you guys are interested in the new products that we'll be rolling out, feel free to yeah. message directly. Um, and again, uh, just a quick shout out for Milo. Milo is an application that links to credit and debit cards. Every time you make a purchase, it up to the nearest dollar, take that spare change, put it into a fully managed investment account. We do this all for a flat fee of $3 a month. We have access to great cashback perks uh, as well. So you more than pay back for, for that platform. Um, and so great start saving and investing. So definitely uh, encourage you all to check out Milo.ai, M-Y-L-O.ai. So thank you. Thank you so much, Phil. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I greatly appreciate uh, if you can leave a review, a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, that would be appreciated. This will help grow the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it, and see you on the next show.